0: Welcome back to the Rob Skinner podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, to make this life count, and to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Today on my program, I've got Justin Wood and Seth Buchanan. Both are disciples at the church here in Tucson, Arizona. They are a member of uh, both Air Force Airmen. And they've got some inspiring stories to share about their walk with Christ, as well as their work in the military rescuing people. Justin and Seth, great to have you on the program today.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having us, Rob. Good to be here, Rob.
0: Now we've known each other a few years here. Um, and I'm, I'm really thrilled that the audience gets, gets to hear your story, because I find it very, very inspiring and motivating for me. So, why don't we get into it by asking this question, Justin, how did you become a Christian?
1: Yeah, so I guess I could start that uh, that question off of like where I, I first started um, and kind of what led me to, to Christ. So I guess it, it kind of all started back in uh, when I was going through college. Uh, so I was going to college at the University of uh, Eastern Washington University, uh, just outside Spokane, Washington um at that time you know I, I wasn't a Christian um I did believe in God I, I knew there was a God and um you know I, I was involved in a lot of things I was going to classes um I was also on the rugby team uh there and uh you know my my life for a couple of years there was just kind of spiraling spiraling out of control um you know I was just I was very heavily involved in um uh, in the rugby team and, uh, drinking was, was a big thing for me. Uh, you know, I go out every, every weekend and I would drink and I just hang around with the, around the, the wrong crowd of people. Um, you know, in a couple of years into it, you know, I, I stopped going to classes. I was constantly drinking all the time and I was just around bad influences. And I was like, man, there's gotta be more, more to my life than, than this. Um, So that's when I think I first started uh, seeking God and knowing that my, my life, uh, you know, the college life that I was living was not the way that I wanted to live my life. Um, So I started seeking out um, the military. I was in the military at at the time I was uh, in the, in the guard, Um, but I wanted to go active duty, you know, kind of leave my old life and, and start new um get out of the crowd that I was living in so that led me to go into into the military active duty and the job that I'm in now um going through training is when um you know I I met someone uh another guy that was going through training as well and we started getting interested in, in going to church and seeking out God so we would do that together um you know we we moved a lot of different places from Texas and then, which finally led, led us to Albuquerque. Uh, once we got to Albuquerque, um, he had some, some friends that knew of a church. And he started going out to church, which was the Albuquerque Church of Christ. Um, and he, uh, he invited me out. We started uh, studying the Bible. Um, that, uh, that fellow guy, he, uh, he became a Christian not too long afterwards. Um, but it really took me a long time. I started studying the Bible, um, with, uh, with the minister that was there and it just took me a long time. Um, you know, about half, probably about six months in or so I, I, I stopped for a while, um, got really involved in the training that I was doing and kind of put that on the back burner. Um, and then further on, um, I just got inspired again and, uh, started seeking God and, I started working again uh in my Bible studies and it probably it was about a year later I, I finally became uh, a Christian and a disciple. So it was pretty awesome. Wow. On my life.
0: What what was it like studying the Bible with with uh, the church leader there? Josh
1: Peterson. Oh, it was it, it was great. Um it was really great. Um I, I sometimes I think back at it and you know, he put a lot into it and I wasn't really as motivated in the beginning, you know, so there was a lot of time and we're, I was super, um, you know, we're doing training at that time. So, you know, I was always on a busy schedule, probably even more busy than I am right now, which is hard to believe, but, um, you know, there was lots of times that we had, uh, you know, change meetings and, um, I had to cancel on them last minute because of training so it was really hard um, to get involved, but he did a great job. And um, then I finally, you know, well, what, a few months later, was able to to continue the studies again.
0: One thing that impresses me about Josh Peterson is he's done a great job in his campus ministry there um, and in his church overall, building a great men's ministry. I think he does a probably one of the best jobs I've seen in terms of reaching out to converting and training men. Um, is there anything that you saw there that, that you go, okay, that's, you know, this, this guy's really doing this well. Was there something that stood out there about his style or him that, uh, was attractive?
1: Yeah. Um, as far as like his style of, uh, leadership and, uh, in preaching, like it was very, very motivating. He, he knows how to, how to move people and, Um, he, he really knows how to attack your heart and, um, you know, I, it's very, very inspirational, um, just being a part of the services and everyone that was in the church there, it was just, it was a great, great environment and it was exactly what I needed at that time in my life.
0: That's awesome. Well, Seth, how about you? How'd you become a Christian?
1: Yeah, I, I kind of grew up in,
2: you know, and with a Christian background, um, grew up most of my life with a you know single mom, parents are divorced, and we we'd go to church every Sunday, and it was just you know something that I would just have to knock out to get on with the week and do the stuff I actually wanted to do at the time, you know. So um, that's kind of how, how I grew up in, in the church, and um, and by the time I got into the military, I didn't have that like really strong relationship with God just because. It was something I was just doing on, on Sundays. Um, you know, it was just kind of like the family thing to do. I didn't have a big purpose for it for my own life. So I wish I I wish I wish got into studying the Bible like Justin during training because, man, those are some of the, the biggest highs and lows that we ever experienced, and it goes on for two and three years. So, um, you know, we'd get through some of the hardest things we've ever done in our life, and then we'd go and, off-gas all that in like sinful ways in ways that I shouldn't have been doing um, living way I shouldn't have been so got through the pipeline um, you know without that close relationship we I met my wife we had our uh, we've had our first baby at the time um, and we're married and we're moving to Tucson and we don't have that solid foundation yet. Um, so we could just definitely tell something was missing in our marriage and in our home. Um and man, I was looking for a church, you know, I was my 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 eyes were open. Um when I was coming here, me me and Michaela, we were uh we we tried one out, you know, things just weren't wouldn't feel right. And old buddy Justin here, uh a good bro, he, he invited me one day and at the time we weren't like we weren't like best brothers kind of like how we are right now we weren't like super close uh, but he, he invited me over to his his daughter's birthday party because they our daughters were around the same age uh and he's like yeah man how about you come over to the birthday party i think the girls have a really good time and i was like yeah that sounds like a great idea I'm not doing anything today and i showed up and um and man i was just kind of captivated by the people that were there there's a lot of people from the from the Tucson Church of Christ, and um, everyone was loving, welcoming, and um, and so- something about it just kind of felt at home. You were there, Rob. Oh, so yeah. It was oh, a yeah. great time.
0: And that was a yeah. great, great time together. Yeah. Justin's yeah, a master sure. of the barbecue as well. He's got a convection yeah. barbecue that he's yeah. he's just about yeah, to patent, yeah. I think.
2: Ropes in with a smoker. <laughs> you know, he's always smoking something delicious. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, so, man, I just... I, like I came off of that uh, barbecue, like just with friends already, you know. Nice. I felt like I had like friendships, like um, just like quality love, you know, from from the people there. And I was like, I don't know they all go to church, and I was like, man, I want to go. Um, they're like, yeah, come tomorrow. Like it was Saturday, so like, come tomorrow. And so I did, and we—I think it was like February at the time, right? That's when Addy's birthday is, Justin. Yeah, so we went to church for about, like, a month, and then we deployed to Africa. So um, I believe we might have knocked out, like, one one of the studies um, here back at home, um, and we, Michaela and I did that one as a couple. We kind of just started together, because she wasn't completely comfortable yet. Um, she hasn't uh, attended a church or a Bible study like that, or like this, um, so... We did that, and then we deployed, and me and Justin just got into it um, in Somalia, which was a blessing um, because it's easy to uh, fall away and just kind of get selfish on deployments. But man, we were focusing on something bigger, and uh, got through all the studies and came back, and Michaela was knocking them out at the same time, you know, which was a blessing too in disguise because she was able to find her own purpose. In the studies um, and not just because i was encouraging it and uh, we came back and karen and i we both got baptized together and i think that was around may or august so and now here we are
0: that's awesome how long ago was that
2: so that was
0: 2017 2017 boy time flies yeah. now yeah. you guys are both what's known as PJs. Can you, can you tell us what, explain what that is, what that stands for?
1: Yeah. I, I just want to go back real fast just to add to a couple things. Sure. Go ahead. Um, what, what Seth was saying. Um, I was just thinking about it as he was telling his story. So there's it just, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy how, you know, how God works, um, and how he brings people together and how he has like that whole plan, um, you know, already figured out. Because uh, when I first like had when I first met uh, Seth, you know, like he was saying, like we weren't best friends. I knew him because he was an acquaintance at work, and uh, that was pretty much all. Um, he was pretty new to the unit. Um, I had been there for a year or so, um, but yeah, we didn't really know each other other than passing by. But I, I got really encouraged one day. Um, it was probably after one of your sermons, Rob. But um, in our community, it's it's really it's a, it's a tough crowd. It's hard to, to talk to people about God and, um, you know, it can be really hard to share your face sometimes. Um, so that's, it's always a, a challenge when you're around our community of, of people. Um, so one day I just, I was like, you know what, I'm super motivated. I'm going to ask someone to come out. Um, uh, it, and it, it was kind of, uh, it was kind of a difficult situation too. Like, yeah, it was, it was my daughter's birthday party um but i was like all right every you know everyone that i invited is is from the church um so i can't just be like hey you know you want to come out to this uh you know church events, everyone from my church is going to be there because a lot of people would be like uh yeah no thanks man mm-hmm. <laughs> so um you know i started asking people around i was like hey man my my daughter's birthday party is this weekend um you know we're also going to have some people out of the church uh my church that are there um And I kept getting no's everywhere. You know, I wasn't really getting any great vibes from anyone, but I I was super motivated. I was like, I got to get at least one person out because I got to have them see this awesome crowd of people because I know (laughs) once they see them, they're going to be like totally hooked. You know, these are great people in my church and they're super motivating to be around. I was like, I got to get one. (laughs) So I'm asking, I probably asked like five or six people um, I was just back in the, the lockers uh, that day, just asking everyone. And I just kept getting no's, no's, no's. Um, last guy I asked, he was like, you know what? I'm not really interested in that. Um, but, you know, that guy over there, Seth, He's pretty new. He might be interested in it. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so I go over to him and I, I asked him. I wasn't, and I was like, hey, I wasn't even on his
2: list yet. I mean, that, that could probably tell you something about the kind of person I was. I, was yeah, too he, at the time.
1: <laughs> I didn't even really know who he was. And he was probably, quite frankly, the last person I was going to ask. <laughs> but it's just crazy how God works. And, um, you know, he put that situation in and he put that person um, that also, you know, told me no, uh, in that situation to lead me over to Seth. Um, so, you know, I told him I was like, Hey man, my, my daughter's birthday party. And I didn't really say much to him about, you know, the people that were gonna be there because I, I didn't want to scare him off. <laughs> um, but he he ended up coming to my daughter's birthday party. And I remember like right afterwards, he was like, Hey man, like are you guys a part of something because y'all are like really friendly and loving. And I was like, yeah, they're all people from my church. And he's like, that's pretty cool. Can we come out sometime? And I was like, yeah, man, it would be great to have you out. So it was just a, it was a blessing in disguise. And it's just awesome how God works.
0: That is so awesome. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And
1: then uh, when he was talking about deployment as well, like we had started, um, that he said we started that first bible bible study and we we knew that we were going to be deploying um but we were going to be in two two different locations which in africa um two different countries is like you know thousands and thousands of miles away so it's like being on a different continent um from each other so in the in the beginning it yeah, in the beginning, it was like super discouraging because I was like, man, I just started these Bible studies with this guy, but we're going to be in two separate locations. Like, how is this ever going to work? Um, but it was really awesome. About halfway through that deployment, um, there came up an opportunity that Seth actually came out to my location that I was at. Um, so it just worked out, you know, God, God worked, um, you know, some awesome miracles there Mm -hmm. to get him to my location. And we started studying the Bible again and, it was great.
0: That's amazing. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, that is funny because uh, when, like in Africa, I, I remember like initially being disappointed. And it's just funny how God works. He's not on your plans um, because I was I had I was going to go do, like go like possibly work in some fields like out of the country I was in there. And then they're like, actually, we want to move a medic from Somalia up to there. And now since we don't have a medic in Somalia, oh, now we need a medic in Somalia. So then naturally I'm the medic on the team that has to go to Somalia now. <laughs> so I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm missing this opportunity. Like I'm super upset. And then, uh, at first I, w- I was, I wasn't very stoked and man, it just turns into the biggest blessing of my life. You know,
0: that's incredible. Okay. So give us a little background. You guys are, um, you're in the air force, you're, you're PJs. Can you, can you explain what that is for, for our listeners?
2: You want me to go, Justin? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. So PJs—I mean, the acronym doesn't really make sense. <laughs> so uh, everyone calls us PJs, but I mean, it kind of just stands for pararescue. rescue. Um, a lot of or some people like to say parajumpers jumpers or something like that. Um, but um, so yeah, PJ pair rescue. Justin and I were rescue men. and basically, what just what that entails is we're search and rescue specialists. Um, We are designed and trained to um, be able to rescue anybody in any type of scenario, whether it be, you know, um, and like people are stuck or hurt in many environments. So, like, we got to either jump in, um, you know, we scuba dive to get to certain locations. We um, are like avalanche rescue, um, just came back from a ski trip. So, learning how to ski and stuff like that. and we do that in both civilian settings and, in like the combat setting. So, um, whatever the situation entails, we have to be able to, to go in there. And we're not necessarily combat medics either. We don't, uh, we don't fly with the, with the red cross on the, on the helicopter. Or we, we, we're not allowed to even wear that on our uniform or have that on our ID cards because we're weapons trained and we carry like the, um, like the best kind of m4s small arms you can you can find on the market and stuff like that so uh, yeah we're designed to shoot our way in get the guy shoot our way out and kind of either do that on a pj team or do that and be like the one pj for like another uh, entity or another team uh, stuff like that Hmm. justin chime in if i missed anything sure i did
1: yeah, uh, I mean you hit it. Um, I mean the biggest thing uh, for the Air Force. So we're in the Air Force, and we were designed uh, mainly to rescue down pilots. Um, that was our biggest thing um, that we were designed for. And to get to those down pilots, we have to have you know a bunch of different methods in order to, um, or to, to get to them. So um, we're like Seth had said, we're qualified um, static line. Um, Parachutists, freefall parachutists, were divers, um, were mountain rescue, um, we're just pretty much anything, uh, any way to uh, to get into a situation and get out of a situation. Wow! Um, along with that, um, we're also uh, qualified paramedics. Um, so we get utilized in a lot of different fashions. Um, because in today's world, there's not a lot of down pilots, um, <laughs> just because of, uh, you know, the, the aircraft that we have nowadays, you know, they're, they're flying so high and, um, you know, it's, it's not like back in the Vietnam era where pilots are getting shot down left and right every single day. Um, it doesn't, it very seldomly happens. So, um, you know, we, uh, we get util, utilized in a lot of different fashions, um, we'll, We also do a evac as well. Um, So combat evacuation or casualty evacuation. So we'll be using that fashion. And then we can also attach um, to other special operations teams uh, like special forces or Navy SEALs um, to be their rescue specialists and also to provide uh, medical capabilities as well. Wow.
0: Okay. So you, someone told me that you're, you're basically like level of Navy SEALs training in the Air Force. You're one of the most highly specialized um, <clears throat> military people in that branch of the service. Is that right?
2: Yeah, you can say that. We kind of, <laughs> when we're probably with our SEAL or something like that, we're, there's like bantering on who's better, who's not, you know. You the, the, the training is, that's quite different. Right. Um, it's,
0: yeah. It seems, I mean, just from my experience, the last several, you, you guys are always doing some type of training, whether it's parachute training or diving training, or, I mean, just the stuff that you guys are doing is amazing. What, what interested you in serving in the military as a PJ? Like what, what motivated you initially to go, Hey, I want to go into the military.
1: Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and speak first on that one. So I first came into the military, I was in the, I was in the National Guard, I straight out of high school, I was 18 years old, someone came up to me and like, hey, you want to, you know, join the National Guard and, um, and be a police officer. And I was like, well, I, I kind of want to do law enforcement later on after I get out of college. So sure, sounds great. I'll, I'll, I'll do this, you know, uh, it'll pay for college, it'll, um, you know, it'll help set me up later for a law enforcement job that I want to get into. Um, but I, I very quickly found out that that wasn't really, uh, what I wanted to do. And that wasn't really my calling. Um, but I, like I had talked about before in my college days, um, you know, getting into the wrong crowd and, uh, you know, just doing the things that I was doing. I was, a um, at that time in my life, I was a very angry person. Um, I was very angry um, at myself. I was very angry at the world and just my everything in general. Um, and pararescue wasn't like, wasn't my first choice. Um, you know, this was, uh, the time when, uh, you know, we're still very heavily, um, involved in the, the wars, um, that are still going on right now in Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, and I was very just angry with that situation and, um, you know, I quite frankly, I I, I didn't want to uh, go into the military to help save people. That's for sure. Um, so I, I started looking at different avenues of approach um, to getting into the military and what I wanted to do. First, I was thinking infantrymen. and then uh, later on, I was like, you know what? Like, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I think I can do a little bit more. Um, so that started my. Uh, you know, I started thinking about doing special operations. Um, and then I think it's just, it was just God that w- started leading me to this career field, honestly, um, because it was never my intentions to go into pararescue. Um, so I think it was really God just working through me in my life and, you know, um, certain jobs ended up falling off and, um, kind of led me to, to pararescue. And I never thought like, yeah, I'd want to, you know, join the military to help save people. Wow. Um, but that's what he wanted for me, and that's where he led me in my life.
0: How about you, Seth? Thanks. Yeah, I wasn't
2: thinking about being a PJ um, until my mom um, met. It was like was dating someone new now, um, and we we uh, knew him. He was he's not my stepdad. And I was 17 at the time. And, uh, you know, he made it very clear, like, hey, like, I'm not a, just a boyfriend. Like, I, I'm marrying your mom. And, and that kind of helped our relationship a lot uh, because he was able to provide, you know, some fatherly figure advice, you know, that i missed out for a long time. And he kind of, like, started pursuing my mindset. Like, hey, like, what are your what are your goals? And I was like, man, like, I don't have any. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in my like whole high school time, you know, I just want to skateboard
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was heavily into skateboarding. Uh, I just wanted to skateboard and um, and just do whatever I wanted with my friends, you know, drink, drinking drugs and kind of just do that on the weekend. My mindset was not my future. <laughs> it was just kind of get to the weekend kind of thing. So when he was asking me that, like, I, I remember, you know, before I was a little troublemaker That I was like man you know I didn't want to help people <laughs> you know I wanted to be like a firefighter or something like that um and he's like oh that, that's really cool and uh and we kind of known each other for a few months now and um he felt like you see like I was deep down like a good person you know and he knew my personality by the time and um turns out man like I soon-to-be stepdad was a hardcore dude and I had no idea like he was in army special forces before you so he was a green beret and um before that he was a recon marine so he did like 10 years in special operations um so and now he was uh san diego uh in the san diego police department so um, like sniper teams and all that so the guy had a lot of drive and uh, now he was giving that over to me and he was like he's like man just like off your personality and stuff um i know like the military life doesn't appeal to you but uh, like these pjs like they're really they're really cool guys and they're kind of relaxed like you're relaxed <laughs> and kind of chill like uh, i just remember him telling these stories because uh a lot of services train together and stuff like that and uh and marines he was a marine at the time he's like oh yeah like i would bank right or, or do this and the PJs would come around and be we like, bro, that was so sick. You <laughs> see how I just swooped under you? And stuff like that. So it was just like a different kind of attitude. And he was like, he was like, I honestly think you would fit in like so well. And you want to help people. And I was like, okay, I'll look into it. <laughs> and uh, went to the recruiter. I was like, still like 140 pounds, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, you know, it's hard, right? And I was like, uh, yeah. That's what he tells me. <laughs> so he was like, okay, well. Like I'll make a make your little test your test that you got to do like this entry test, and well we'll do that for you, like just to see where you're at physically. You got to pass this physical test in order to be able to sign a contract. And I just completely bombed it. Like I sucked at everything. Couldn't <laughs> really run or swim or like do pushups or anything. And then uh, my stepdaddy he just uh, helped my training a lot. Like he told me how much I should run, how much I should weightlift and swim and everything. And Came back and just crushed the test, and then I was on my way.
0: That's for, awesome for this career. Wow, the power—the power of having a good a role model. That's that's for sure. Now, how old are Absolutely. you? How old are you guys right now? Twenty-five. How old are you, Justin? Yeah. Uh, thirty. Oh, you're the, you're the old man at thirty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Now. Yeah. He is. With When Seth became a Christian that summer, you guys were both deployed. You shared a little bit about it, how you were deployed together initially in different locations. And then, Seth, you moved over to where Justin was located. You guys both got engaged in a firefight. Can you describe what happened?
1: Go ahead. Yes. Element leader uh, at the time. <laughs> yeah, so... Um... We were, we were both in Africa, like you're saying, and I, I won't disclose, you know, like certain locations or anything, um, but uh, we, we, would, uh, we were staged in, in one area, and we would suddenly um, get called up to go support operations um, in different locations around the country um, for um, certain special operations um, groups that were, were conducting operations, so we were holding CASVAC for them which is casualty evacuation. So if someone on the battlefield gets shot, blown up, um, we would go in and uh, bring them back to um, definite, definitive medical care. Um, so yeah, we were, we were at a location, we were, um, we were helping support another special operations group and uh, you know everything was, they were out for about a week um, out in the field and we were we were back on base, uh, holding down, alert for them, just in case anything had happened. Um, everything was going pretty pretty well um, during their operation. Um, you know, they were about five days into it, and nothing really crazy had been happening. Um, so we we're like, all right, cool. You know, we only got like one more day, two more days, um, then we'll be out of here, and you know, everything will be successful. And that's kind of where things uh, started taking a, t- a turning point. Um, For the guys that were out in the field, they started uh, getting into pretty heavy contact um, with the enemy. The enemy had set up uh, an ambush on them. Um, They were also hitting them uh, with uh, mortar firing positions um, and heavy machine guns. So um, we had known that they were, you know, kind of in a, a troops in contact situation. Um, so we were on alert and just waiting for the call, you know, in, in case, uh, any of the U S forces, um, had gotten injured or, um, any of our partner forces had gotten injured as well. Um, we got the call. I think we were, uh, we were weightlifting at the time we were in the gym. Like it, it always, it's always funny because whenever the call comes as you were usually working out or doing something, you know, we're not just sitting there waiting for the call. Um, so we had a call, um, that there was a couple of US injured personnel. Um, so we go into the, the area of the operations um room um where they have all the surveillance and everything. um we get information that there was, I believe it was four four American injured and uh partner force but we didn't really know the extent of the injuries, but all we knew is that we had to go out there and uh, bring these guys back home. Um, so we raced out to our, our helicopters. Um, you know, it was pretty much a dead sprint from there and we lifted off probably within like six minutes. So we're, we're always prepared um, at all times, you know, we just throw on our clothes and it's kind of like firefighters, you know, throw on their get up and get into the, the aircraft and go. So I, all I remember is, um, you know, that, that kind of situation has happened to me a couple of times and all I can really do is I don't, I don't really know like what kind of situation I'm going to get into. Um, that's just the nature of the job. So, uh, as I'm running out there, I'm just praying to God. I'm like, just God, please bring me home safe and, you know, bring everyone home on my, on my team home safe. Um, you know, and the people that we're going out to get, you know. We just pray that they're they're all right and that we can help them the best of our abilities, and that's really all you can do. You know, in those type type of situations, you don't really know what you're going to get into. Um, you don't really know if you're ever going to make it back. Um, so you got to put all your faith in God. And I think that's like some of my best times in my life is when I'm not in control. You know, like when I'm back home, I'm kind. Of, you're in control of your life. You know, um, and sometimes it's hard to to give God control. But I think what really is awesome about being in the deployed environment and being with the guys that you're with, you know, and being with Seth, um, and we were studying the Bible at the time and it was just great having someone else there that could be, um, you know, a fellow Christian, fellow disciple to, um, to kind of share your life with. Mm. So, really all you can do in those situations is you just got to give it up to God. Um, and that's what really empowers me during deployments is you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen. So you really just have to give it to God. Wow. So uh, back to the situation, we get into our helicopters. We, um, we don't know what we're getting into. Take about a 15 minute flight to, to get there. And uh, when we get to the situation, um, we were talking to the guys on the ground and they're like, Hey, we're pinned down pretty good. We're getting mortar fired. Um, we got machine guns around us. We, we can't see the enemy, um, because of the, the vegetation at the time. So, you know, they're asking for, for our help. And the awesome thing is on our, our helicopters that we go into, we're pretty heavily mounted with, uh, with machine guns. We either have mini guns, or we'll have 50 caliber machine guns. So at the time we had 50 caliber machine guns on, on both sides of our helicopters. So really we're like uh, a giant gunship to them um, with, uh, with paramedics on, on board. <laughs> so they, they, uh, they utilized us in our, uh, our firepower. So we get into the situation and it was kind of chaotic you know, we were able to see because we're hanging outside the, the helicopters, we're helping direct fire um, to the enemy. And then also trying to get like situational awareness of, hey, what's going on? Where are the casualties? Like, that's our main focus is where are these guys that, you know, get like the whole picture of what's going on. Um, so we can get to them as soon as possible. So when we get to the we get to the, the site and we, we see the US forces there. We can see their trucks. Um, we can see that they're engaged. Um, and we could also see <laughs> hundreds of uh, other people as well because they were working with their partner forces and they had hundreds of people um, that were out there. They were building uh, a new location. So there's just people everywhere and they're running all over the place. And it was kind of a chaotic situation. You're like, who's the enemy? Who's the, who's the good guys? Who's the bad guys? What's kind of going on here? Um, so they kind of direct our, our attention to where the enemy is at so we can start um, providing cover fire for them before we uh, we go in and, and pick up the injured. So we're, we're hanging out the aircraft. We're trying to figure out where the enemy is at, help direct fires for the, the machine gunners. And uh, you know, you could see all over the place. There's people everywhere. There's explosions going off from the mortar fire. The enemy shooting mortars at the at the U.S. personnel, and then we're also returning fire and shooting mortars back at them. So they're all splashing all over the place, and we're flying in, you know, shooting at the enemy to to put their heads down um, for our guys. So it was a really cr- crazy situation. Um, and what, what was, you know, go, what it, was
0: going through your mind when you, when you, when you saw that,
1: um, I th- <laughs> you know, first thoughts was, wow, this is, this is for real. <laughs> We're <laughs> actually doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the greatest thing though, was knowing, so Seth was on my aircraft. I was, uh, the team leader of my aircraft and Seth was one of my teammates. So I think one of the great things was being able to look over at him and being like, Hey, we're in this together, man. And, um, you know, we've been studying the Bible together. So it was just like, Hey man, I have my brother in Christ with me. I think we're good. (laughs) And You know, you you don't really think much of it at the time. You're like, I got a job to do and I got to get the job done. And I'm just glad that I have a brother with me.
0: That's awesome. Seth, what was your experience? Um,
1: yeah, the,
2: yeah the whole experience is just like a big kind of roller coaster you know um it's just kind of it's not like like a lot of military operations are deliberately kind of planned and you take days to do it Um, but when you're sitting on a seesaw or kazovac kind of deployment you know your mind's in a completely different place when something happens like that so um you really gotta you really gotta adjust and you really gotta focus the way Justin was saying like not everything's in your control and you kind of You just got to give it up to God, and or else you're just gonna have too much anxiety, and you're not gonna be able to perform well, you know. And as me as the primary medic when we're in that flight, I just remember it was like great load of responsibility, just because I knew Americans were on the ground. I never thought I would treat Americans, you know, in my helicopter, because we weren't in those kind of war times, you know. So I just remember feeling a great load of responsibility, and we're flying, and you know. like kind of like Justin was saying, I remember looking at Justin and be like, man, like, all right, we got this, man. You know, it's a cool experience. Hmm. I wasn't a disciple at the time, <laughs> but, same, but like, man, I got another disciple here with me, you know. It's awesome. Like, we got this, man. It's just kind of, it's a really cool experience. And um, just flying and just vividly remember the mortar explosions going off kind of on both sides. Like Justin was saying, it's like, man, this is, this is real. This is crazy. Um, but. I was just drawing up my medications on the flight. We had 15 minutes, so I was drawing up my antibiotics. Um, I was drawing up my my pain medication. Um, we also had another guy, so he, he was helping us out. And We landed, and um, we got a, uh, a partner for us, actually, first, so we treated him, and um, he looked like, for some reason, he was dying, but I couldn't find his serious wounds. And I was like, I think this guy's like tired, <laughs> or or maybe he maybe he hit his head really hard, but um, he 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 was he wasn't, he wasn't paining. He had an open wounds, so I gave him my antibiotics and my pain meds, and and we uh, flew him back and treated him, got him in blankets and everything we could uh, on that flight. And the crazy part about this mission is we landed and we went out and we did it again. Like we went into the zone twice.
0: Oh my gosh!
2: So uh, we were exhausted just from all the. You know, a gentleman going off and having two rounds of it. So, it was a pretty good mission, and then Same story, guns, guns on the 60 cal and the mortars, and that time we got an American on, and and his face was was pretty jacked up. Uh, the, the medic on the ground already put a shield over his eye, so I knew he had some type of eye injury. And um, and with eyes, you want to you want to give you antibiotics. I gave him antibiotics, and he didn't. He didn't want the ketamine, the kind of strong medication, pain medication. So um, I was like, man, I was like, you're in pain though. Cause some guys have bad experiences on that medication. Uh, it's kind of rare, but sometimes it happens. So I encouraged him to take this, like, uh, kind of lollipop version of a pain medication. And he took that and he, he, he walked off the bird to the, to the heel. Wow.
0: I mean, in a situation like that, I would just totally freeze seeing some sort of a, a war wound. How do you, how do you keep your head when you see someone who's really badly injured?
2: Oh, we have uh, the, the the good thing about our, about our training is that we um, have very very difficult training scenarios. Um, like in training, I've treated like done my best to treat like ten patients. You know. So when you have like a patient, you can give them all your attention. And we have a like a very specific algorithm that we go down um, that keeps us on track. It keeps us um, fixing the things that are going to kill the person first. And then once that goes, you move on to the next thing that'll kill them. So you just kind of move down your algorithm, stay focused. If you get lost, you restart and
0: you just keep going that way. Wow. So you guys ended up Helping a uh, first, like a partner force person, a person who's partner with the U.S., then an American. And there were two others you mentioned. You said there were like four that were injured.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we have two birds. So the other bird got those guys.
0: I see. I see. Okay, terrific.
2: Yeah.
1: So I I think in total, there was four U.S. Americans um, that were injured and uh, one partner force But like uh, like Seth was saying, like yeah, it's uh, whenever we get called in, um, you know, it's it's not a it's not a good day. It's not a good day for the people that are asking, you know, asking for our assistance. Um, So all that all of that is like you know running through your head as well. You know, like yeah, this might be like super exhilarating and exciting. But at the same time, people are people's lives are on the line and people are dying and they need our help. Mm-hmm. So really it's it's not it's not the best situation to be in. Wow. Um sometimes. But um you got to keep your head in in the game and just know what you're there for. And like Seth was saying, like all your training, it kicks in, you know, that's why we train so hard. Um, so you can kind of you know, separate what's actually reality of what's actually going on and focus on what's your, uh, what's your task on, on hand. That's um, amazing. So it's really hard to describe, yep. you know, um, without that training, it would be a chaotic situation, but right. going into it with all the training that we have, it's kind of like, all right, I've done this before. Wow. You know, and you just do what you have to do. Now,
0: I understand you guys both got, you received a high awards for this. Can you tell me a little bit about what that was?
1: Yeah. So we didn't know at the time and later on, you know, like the, um, you know, how big of a big of an event this, this would become Um, just because uh, the area that we were in, you know, there wasn't a lot of, um, there was, there was fighting, but usually it didn't involve U S forces. So it was kind of a big incident that happened and yeah, we did get an award. It was combat, our, uh, rescue mission of the year. That's awesome. Um, yeah. award rescue. Um, but I mean, yeah, yeah, it was great, um, to get recognition, um, for our career field, um, and for the guys that performed, you know their their duties that day and the air crew and everyone um it's also you know it's also hard sometimes because you know usually when people get awards it's because bad things happen i see and you know bad things happen that day and you know one of the one of the u.s soldiers ended up dying that day so Mm -hmm. it's really hard sometimes to be like yeah i got this awesome award great thing but you know is because something really bad happened to other people. So, wow, it's um, yeah.
0: Well,
2: very grateful we were there to there to do it. I'm grateful it was Justin and I, um, yeah. there on that day. And yeah, it was it was super super sad because they lost a teammate. Um, but it was cool to see when we came back to the camp um, the amount of respect they had. There was like before there was like a feud between. The green berets and the pjs but once we were there once we were there and we came back the next time uh i think it was like a few weeks later it's like Man, come have some coffee you know, this kind of that's kind of stuff of awesome warm welcome
0: yeah it, remi- it reminds me of a movie i just saw recently called the last full measure which depicts a story about a a pear jumper who got the medal of honor from his service in vietnam doing the same thing, helping, um, I think it was Army forces in Vietnam. He kind of s- dropped in to help, stayed and fought, ended up dying. Uh, you guys, I, I think you guys saw that movie.
2: Oh, that's yeah. the yeah, only DJ to get the Medal of Honor.
0: Yeah, pretty awesome, pretty awesome. Now, that that's such an amazing story, but I think the thing that has really inspired me is that, during this time when this was all going on, you were also studying the Bible. You didn't just like put your spiritual life on hold. Can you tell me a little bit about that? How, how, how'd you fit that in, in the midst of this life and death mission?
2: Yeah. So, Justin, um,
1: <laughs> no, uh, I, I think during that time, um, you know, being in that environment, like I said, um, sometimes it can be a lot easier than being being back home. Um, you know, there's you got nothing but time on your hands sometimes. So it really in you know, you're put into a different country away from everything that you've known um, in the middle of a place where people don't necessarily like each other and they're fighting. Um, so I think that you can at that time you can really, Um, just reach out to God. And, um, you know, I just I think being deployed sometimes is is sometimes the best thing for my relationship for God, because I'm really able to focus on my relationship with him and building and growing, making that stronger. Mm. Um, So, yeah, um, you know, once Seth got down to my location, I I knew what I had to do. And I was like, man, there's no one really around here. I was kind of in the dumps, didn't really have anyone to really share my faith with. And, um, yeah, it, I was just super ecstatic when I found out that he was coming down. I was like, this is going to be great. It's going to be an aw- awesome opportunity for us to uh, study the Bible together. That's great. So I just remember, you know, we would be at one location. We'd be studying the Bible and then you know, next thing we're we're gone to a different location, and I was like, "Well, it's not gonna stop here." You know, like all I gotta do is I gotta bring my Bible, and we can we can go ahead and study where wherever we are. That's awesome. um, So I, it, you know, we'd be flying to different locations, and we have a couple hour flight, and I'd be sitting there prepping, um, you know, the next Bible study. Um, yeah. Just you know, I didn't have anything else to do but just sit in the back of the helicopter, and um, you know come up with lesson plans that's so, awesome yeah, it was really justin,
2: great justin did that what he was just saying like he said oh yeah a couple of fights that was right after the mission basically like that was that was the next day <laughs> he was already prepping for the study like like justin's really good he's really good about which is motivating for me but he's good about um, having his eyes open on you know what's god doing and on the bigger picture and um, always looking for opportunities to grow that
0: relationship that's great well that, that leads to my next question i think one thing i've noticed about about you justin and now you seth is that um you see you seem to come back stronger after these long deployments and i know that that can be for many people it can be good or bad you know it can be a time when people just kind of go to pieces spiritually you always seem to come back stronger how do you stay strong on a long deployment? And along with that, how do you keep your family together at the same time? If you want to just throw those two together, what's the secret?
2: Yeah. I can go on this one. Um, I'll go on this one first. Uh, I mean, we might look stronger coming back because we've been in the gym the whole time and now we stand <laughs> up a little taller. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like just was saying, um, you don't know when especially deployed and you don't know when the when your last day would be it's a little bit closer at that point <laughs> so it kind of kind of makes it a little bit more real and um and you just you have like at home i, I have two daughters wife um things can get a little bit distracting like just with, with the with the family life and not saying that's bad A uh, family life is awesome but when when you're there like you have a great opportunity to cut to give your family a blessing and have that relationship with jesus you know and and um, and if you don't take advantage of that it's a really disservice i've done it both ways like with justin man we were we were on a high and everything like that and and we were we were studying the bible and uh, i was changing my life and then uh deployment later we just deployed out of the blue like no mental preparation and i remember being like very disgruntled with my team and of took a while for me to snap out of that uh, to to not just get involved with the mindset that, that my team had that all my all my friends on my team had you know and to be like man you know i'm a i'm a disciple like i i shouldn't be thinking like this i shouldn't be negative i shouldn't i should be i should be pursuing my relationship and trying to get other disciples as well you know um so I've experienced it both ways on deployment, and it's it's pretty easy to slip into that uh, to that mindset. To it's easy to drop all responsibility, right. you know, right? Because you're you're not with your family now. Now you just have you know you got your gym time, you read your books, and focus on yourself. So it's easy to go both ways, and mm-hmm. um, you still have to be aware of that. But Justin, he kills it on deployment <laughs> both ways. <laughs>
1: Go ahead, man. Yeah, so, um, I mean, deployments, like Seth said, you got a lot of time, some time on your hands. Um, but there's, uh, you know, you can have your your ups and downs, um, just like, you know, anytime. Um, usually in the beginning of the deployment is usually my downs because there's a lot of, a lot of things going on. Um, you know, a lot of moving parts and you're always busy. You're just go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden, a couple of weeks goes by and you're kind of just sitting around not doing a whole lot or you just have more time on your hands than you did in the beginning. So usually my, my lows are at the the beginning of the deployment and at the end of the deployment. And then usually in between is, is where I, you know, I have some of my highs. But, uh, you know, I just I just go into it and um, I just seek every t- opportunity that I can. Um, you know, sometimes it can get really lonely just being yourself and no other uh, disciples around you to kind of pick you up. So what do you do? You're just like, well, (laughs) in this situation, I got to make disciples, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be here alone. And that's my, you know, the calling that God has given me. So, um, you know, I got to do his, his work as far as family life. It's actually, um, a really good time, you know, great time for my wife um, Brittany, because she's also able to, to focus on herself while I'm gone, you know? So that's during deployments is like her strongest time. And that is really encouraging to me. And it's like, I see my wife just, you know, having, you know, just being her spiritual, um, you know, her growth just, it grows every time when we're on deployment. So seeing that also helps me stay positive
0: during well, deployment. well. one as well. thing that impressed me, Justin, is that Brittany shared that you did a devotional for her and for Gabe, your son, every single day while you're on deployment. Can you tell me about that? Where, where'd you come up with that idea?
1: Um, So we usually when we're back home, we, uh, we have devotionals. So we'll go through a series of of books, um, you know, like a three sixty five devotional or like a married couple couples devotional. Um, so we do it at home and, you know, because of technology nowadays, like we can just get on, uh, on video chat and, and be able to talk almost every single day. So that's really nice. So I just made it like a priority that, um, you know, um, I still got to keep my family, um, Strong spiritually while I'm gone, and I can't let that um, fall to the wayside. So exactly. it actually, it keeps me uh, keeps me motivated and keeps me positive, and it keeps my family all together. That's so, awesome.
2: That's yeah. awesome. I'll answer a little bit on family since I forgot to leave. All uh, right, let that part out. Um, so yeah, like Justin was saying, like as like God gave us kind of a gift of having a family, you know, and with that gift, like we have a lot of responsibility. Um, to take care of that family and Justin the same, we can't um, kind of put that to the wayside I see a lot of guys on deployments um, that just like oh, was, you know I'm, I'm mission focused I'm going to focus on the mission um, and they don't call their families they don't FaceTime wives and kids uh, really maybe once a week or something like that or maybe less because um, they just want to stay mission focused but you know God gave us some of the Greatest responsibilities of all—that's raising raising kids and uh, and being there for your wife and and helping that grow. So being calling every day, like can, like even though the problems do seem small that that your wife is having at <laughs> home, you're like, man, I'm like dealing with danger or something. You know, right. you, you take time to listen to that and uh, internalize it a little bit and and be there to listen and yeah. like those it. Like those devotionals that Justin does, that was a great example. Like it just gives you something else to talk about.
0: Right. Too. That's awesome.
2: And just the monotony of every
1: day. Just to expand on, on that, what makes me motivated during deployments. So um, I've seen it every time I'm deployed, you know, I, I try to start some sort of Bible talk, Bible study with someone. Um, so with Seth, when we started the, the Bible studies, we would do it, you know, like in our in our team room. And it's just amazing because people that before were not like interested at all in, in the Bible or doing a Bible study or anything, they kind of, when you're doing those um, those studies with someone else, they kind of start scooting a little closer. Right. And then finally, you know, they'll start warming up to you and then they'll start asking questions. Mm. And, you know, later on, they'll ask be like, Hey, can I join in? And it's just awesome to see that. And it, during this last deployment, I had planned to, to do a Bible study with one of the guys. And then next thing I knew there was like four or five guys that had joined in on these Bible studies. So I think that's what keeps me motivated is just seeing, you know, the reaction of other people when you're doing a study and just how God brings people together.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I've, and I I've met a couple of those guys that you were reaching out to. Great guys. So let's talk about that last deployment. Deployment, Justin. You were you were involved in a rescue of an airman. Can you tell me about that? This you were deployed alone. Seth was not on this one.
1: Yeah, it was unfortunate. Me and uh, me and Seth. After that uh, deployment to Africa, we got you know we're on different teams now. So unfortunately, we don't get to deploy together, which is a bummer. <laughs> um but yeah on this uh on this last um deployment that i had it, it was the first time that i actually um did the mission that pjs were meant to be were made for and that was uh to rescue down pilots and uh that actually happened like the third day that we were on this deployment um, we get a phone call um in our operations center and this guy gets on the phone he's like, Hey, uh, we got a down pilot, just, uh, just punched out and here's the coordinates. And, you know, it's the third, it's the third day of being on deployment. And usually we go through a lot of different mission rehearsals and, um, you know, mock scenarios and stuff like that, just to get us prepped um, and make sure that we're ready to go. So no one really thought anything of it. Um, we, you know, the guy that answered the phone was like, "All right, cool, sounds good." Wrote down all the information, hung up the phone, and he goes, "Yeah, I'm not sure if that was uh, training or if that was actually real life." <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. So we get back on the phone with the guy and is like, "Hey, is this a training scenario? Is this actually real?" And he's like, "No, we have a down pilot that just punched out in enemy territory." Um,
0: can you, what does, what what does punched, what does punched out mean? What, can you explain what that is?
1: Yeah. So, um, I'll just, I'll kind of talk about the scenario a little bit here. Um, so this, uh, air force pilot, he was in a, a single prop plane. Uh, he had a single engine malfunction. Um, so, I mean, in that scenario, your, your aircraft is going down. Um, can't restart the engine. Um, so he's going towards the uh, the mountainside and trying to crash land his aircraft the best that he can, the best of his ability, and decided about 300 feet above the ground, all right, this is not a good scenario. I'm probably not going to make it if I crash land this this aircraft into the mountainside. So he hit his, uh, pulled his ejection seat. So that's what I mean by, by that. So he ejected out of the aircraft, which flies him up. A couple hundred feet and then deploys his parachute um so that happened about 300 feet off the ground he uh it was pretty violent you know he getting uh, thrown out of an aircraft that's going several hundred knots and then uh, parachute deploys and you hit the ground so um yeah with that scenario uh, we found out where the guy was at we didn't have any communications with him but our job is to go get him so we we uh run out to our aircraft, um, get everything prepped and, and take off to go find this guy. So it took us about an hour, hour and a half to uh, find out where he was located at. But um, that scenario, it, it ended up really good um, for him. You know, we were able to find the pilot. Um, he did break his back um, and was in, in some pain, but we were able to get him and get him back home to safety and, and back to his, his family ultimately. So that was really, really awesome. That was the first time I actually got to do, you know, what PJs were meant to be, um, were made for. How'd that make that To rescue down pilots.
0: How'd that make you feel?
1: Uh, that was, it was really, uh, it was a really great experience. Um, you know, the guy had a, a great attitude, so we're, we're just, um, we're just sitting in the back of the aircraft and we're just cracking jokes back and forth. And he, you know, you could just see it in his eyes that he's just so, so happy that, um, you know, to to see us personnel pick him up and to be going home. Hmm. So, um, he had a great attitude about it, which made it awesome. And we got some pretty awesome pictures from the whole thing.
0: um, That's awesome. That's, that's inspiring. Now you guys, have done an amazing job in your Bible talk on the base at Davis Monthan Air Base, and even this past summer, Seth, while Justin was on this deployment rescuing this down pilot, you took over and led the Bible discussion, and were fruitful during the midst of COVID. How did you do that? Tell tell us about that and who you helped.
2: Yeah, um, helped out Brian and Amy. Um, yeah. Brothers and sisters, now great friends. Um, uh, we we were all together around the time we met. Ray and Trisha were our original Bible talk leaders, and, and they actually moved um, moved to Indiana, I believe. And me, Justin, our families, and Brian and Amy like we were all kind of meeting up uh, in the beginning, like when COVID like was really popping off, and uh, and around our first time we were doing our our sunday services and um and man we just started talking about uh bible studies that they're open to it and they were completely open to it and brian was open to it which surprised me because brian's more quiet you know it was hard to read him at first and he was he was open and um and had the blessing that justin was there in the beginning to kind of uh help guide it i haven't done a done a, a bible talk before study the bible with somebody before um so to kind of have that guidance was, was awesome and uh, and then Justin deploys Justin deploys and passes passes me the torch and uh a little nervous at first but that, that became a great blessing my relationship with Christ grew so much because I wasn't just relying on um or just focusing on my own relationship with God, I now had a group, which now I know Justin has experienced, but I now had a group, um, that was kind of looking to us as, as like kind of their first example that they would be seeing, um, be seeing most of the time. And I kind of internalized that I felt a lot of accountability for my group, for Brian and Amy. So like, man, they're in a way their salvation kind of depends on me being solid, you know? me being there for them. Um, uh, so, um, that is kind of the way I think it was successful. Yeah. Michaela and I were, um, we very focused, you know, in our, when we were studying with them and when we weren't studying with them and focus on our own relationship, knowing that that was probably the most important thing that our relationship with Jesus would transfer over and help out Brian and Amy, um, because, you know, Bible, Bible studies, they're always a little rocky. <laughs> you know, there's like, man, I don't know if they're going to get baptized or not. Like, you just kind of, you got to leave it to God. And right. um, and they both they both did. They both came around. And, uh, and it, was, it was amazing. It was awesome.
0: When did they get baptized?
2: That was
1: right before. Go, actually, he got that was baptized go right after I left. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because
0: it's July, well, that's awesome. Right, right during the middle yeah. of COVID. Now, I just want mm-hmm. to share one thing that impresses me so much about what you guys have done. And I visited your your small group during COVID and visited some different places, different groups. But you guys were always together. There was such a great atmosphere. I remember walking in and just going, "Wow!" If every group in the church had this kind of vibe, atmosphere, feeling to it, the church would be incredibly fruitful what did you guys do briefly and, and how did you create that atmosphere that was, you know, just so pr- productive towards pulling people in and baptizing people?
1: Yeah. So, um, we were, we were talking about like, it's really crazy COVID COVID hit. And the, the really awesome thing about uh, people in the military is, um, we're really resilient and, uh, we're all young Um, You know, so none of us were really too concerned about, about COVID um, and being affected by it. So we just, you know, the, the church wasn't meeting anymore, but we were doing online services and we were like, you know what, this is a perfect opportunity for us to get together and to still, um, you know, watch these services together and build our community and our, our Bible, Bible group. So we would meet um, every Sunday and watch the sermons. And, you know, we, what we did was we were like, you know what, we're going to bring people to God. And how do you do that sometimes is, you know, like, let's just make a lot of food and let's invite people out and see what happens, you know, and, and tell them that there's a service to watch and that we're going to have so much food that they're just going to be stuffed afterwards. (laughs) So, you know, the food really brought people and then, you know, the service, um, just really brought people to God so um, that's kind of how it worked and we just kept it going the entire time throughout COVID and um, before I knew it you know I uh, I had to go on deployment so Seth took over so that for me that was that was really awesome just seeing you know from studying the Bible a couple years ago with Seth and employed environment And then coming back home and watching him get baptized. And then now he's leading our group and he's doing an awesome job leading the group, um, while I'm away. So that was really just motivating for me. And then I get back from the deployment and we're larger than we ever were. You know, our, our Bible group grew, um, two times by the time I got back. We were were doubled in size. Two more couples.
2: Yeah. We were, we were blessed that we had some people move, you know, from the military. Yeah. (laughs) Right, they they came over and we're blessed to have some reinforcement. That was very cool too.
0: It's very impressive, and what what stood out to me is definitely the the food, the warmth, the atmosphere. Michaela is an amazing homemaker. The house is beautiful. You've got these beautiful kids. You've got two young daughters, and Gabe. Hmm. You've got a or um, Justin. You've got a great son named Gabe, who's thirteen, I believe, and Addie is a little girl, and also. The consistency you guys met very consistently. You had a a plan. You stuck with it. Um, There was a lot of warmth and very impressive. And I and I hope you'll continue to do that. Also, it was great to see everyone involved. Ray and Trisha Miller, uh, we sure miss them. They left right right at the beginning of COVID. They actually met Amy through their through the military and brought them and then handed over to Justin because they moved on to the Potomac Valley Church. And so then Justin kind of got got it going, and then turned it over to Seth. I mean, it was like a total team effort. Everyone got involved. Everyone was fully engaged. A great, great example. Um, so, what what do you guys? What are your plans after the military? How long do you guys plan on staying in?
2: Good question. <laughs> after the military, well, I'm going going to ten years. I've re-enlisted so I'm going to 10 years um, and usually tw- the 20 year mark is your retirement so the halfway point would be a good decision if I'm going to get in or out. My decision really depends on how is my family doing <laughs> is this is this uh, is this destroying them or not you know can my wife still take deployments um, is my, are my kids missing out too much on on, on father time you know? So that'll be, that'll be my decision point. And if, and if we're going strong, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the 20. And, uh, but if we're not, uh, my plan is to have a job, um, to where I can, uh, work in the medical field, like a, a physician's assistant, a PA, and be able to work a few days a week, have a lot of family time, be present in the church and, and, and do that.
0: So awesome. How about you, Justin? Is initially my plan.
1: Yeah. So uh, me and my wife, we, we have a lot of aspirations together. Um, You know, I'm, I'm sitting about halfway mark right now. um, And I just reenlisted on this last deployment. So I got another (laughs) like five years to go. So, I mean, at this point, like I gotta, I'm probably sticking it out for the whole 20 and, and, um, and retiring, you know, wherever that leads me to, Um, you know, I might go, I'm going to probably go to a couple different locations um, before I retire so we're excited about that but I think after afterwards after the 20 years and I retire obviously you know I'm still going to be pretty young so I'm going to get a I'm going to get a job I've always wanted to be a game warden so that's something that I really enjoy and something that I I really want Um, but me and me and Brittany we've talked a lot about the things that we want to do and you know since we we haven't been since we've been in the military we don't really we're not afforded the opportunity to just go wherever we want um, when we want, you know, so we're really big into wanting to do um, a lot of things for the church, um, being able to travel and to do mission trips. So I think, you know, when we're able to do that after retirement um, I think that's what me and Brittany really want to focus our uh, you know, the next 20 years after that on is, is doing this, the things for God that we want to do and and going out and making a difference in this world. It's awesome. That's That's really what we want.
0: It's interesting because earlier in my podcast, I interviewed another airman named Wayne Kishbaugh and he really inspired me back in the nineties to, with what he did in planting a church in Northern Japan. And, um, You know, I've talked, I know I've talked to you guys about that. What's your vision for Davis and Air Force Base? What, what do you guys see happening before you guys have to transfer out?
2: Yeah, I listened to that podcast by Wayne Kishba. And I listened to that at the time where, when Justin uh, was deployed and I was leading the group and that was a great time to listen to him speak. Um, and it was inspiring because, you know, he was in a very remote remote location and he made it happen. Um, being in the military, you got to look, well, you have a really important mission, um, you know, doing your job, whatever the job is in the military, um, in order to defend our country and defend our freedom. But we also have a bigger mission as disciples, you know, and that's, um, that's following God, that's making disciples, that's just expanding my kingdom here, here on earth. And, um, and that's, that's my goal, um to just keep making disciples with this this group. And it's going to expand itself um, uh, the more you keep your eyes open to people and the more you invite people in. Um, And, I mean, uh, the vision for, I mean, if COVID keeps happening, (laughs) I I liked our house church the way we were doing it, and that was a lot of fun. So if if times keep
1: getting worse, probably we're just going to grow that way.
0: Keep doing it. It's great.
1: Yeah, I I think my vision for the church is to, uh, you know, we, we get about maybe four years at a location that we're at before we end up moving. So it is a very challenging thing, uh, having a military Bible group, you know, you got constantly, Mm -hmm. you have people moving in, moving out, there's always a change in people and it's, it's not, you're not able to keep the consistency sometimes, you know, you're not really able to, um. You know, sometimes you're you're going to have a thriving Bible group and then, you know, you might lose half of those people because they move on to a different location. So it is it is super challenging. But I think how I would, um, I got about a year or so left here at this location before I move on. I'd like to leave it, you know, better than I found it. Um, so just really growing and inspiring new leaders so that when I leave, there'll be someone that can continue the legacy. Because um, I, I do think that it is very important here in the community of Tucson to have that um, because there's such a huge presence of military here. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's like right in the middle of town. I mean, the the military base is just right there. So that's awesome.
2: I'd like to get in some other military people, not PJs, because we just, we lead too much. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Stable some (laughs) stability.
0: Well, you know, as we wrap up here, guys, any advice for, men or women who want to make this life count and live a, live a no regrets life.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would just say, um, the people out there, you know, just whatever aspirations that you have, go for it. And God is going to lead the way for you. You know, he's going to put you in those situations. Um, and it really just depends on what you're going to do in that situation. You know, I never thought that, you know, God would to take me, um, you know, would put me in a situation to be a PJ and then, you know, to become a disciple and then to lead a Bible group, you know, and it's just the, um, the possibilities are endless and don't just don't let it, uh, don't let those opportunities pass you by. Um, mm-hmm. It might be scary. It might be new, but I think that's what life is all about. And, It's, it's an amazing ride and sometimes it is scary, but the, the, the things, what you gain from it in the end is, is all worth it. And to just see the people that you bring into, um, into the faith and, um, see how God works is just an amazing ride. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I would say get uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Yeah. The comfort zone can be a very kind of kind of low place to live uh, in, in a lot of in a lot of areas. Um, comfortability, like you like you get a little complacent um, just just being in your in your nice little cozy environment. So um, just kind of branching out, uh, doing something doing something difficult um, in in the church, like you, talking to those people inviting people out can be, can be scary at times that like, that, that is uncomfortable to um, be vulnerable in that way um, uh, to tell people what you believe in. And, and I would say, like you, you're never going to know what you're capable of people that my friends from the past, they are just, they just, they still don't believe that I am who I am today. <laughs> <You know? laughs> just being the, the skateboarder guy that, um, <laughs> that just like to get stoned and stuff like that is, um, like a special operator in the air force and is, is in the church, you know, like, um, like you just never know if, if, you don't get a little uncomfortable, um, awesome. you, you kind of do, you kind of do know what you got to do at times too. Like uh, if you feel that pull and you like, you're like, oh man, but I don't want to do it. That's probably a good sign. You have to kind of jump in and try it out.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, Justin and Seth, thank you so much for the time. And um, I'm, especially, especially grateful. You guys are here in the church in Tucson for a, a few years here. It's been amazing and inspiring. And I know that your stories are going to inspire, inspire, people from around the world. Uh, thanks. Thanks for the time.
1: Appreciate it, Rob. Yeah.
2: Thanks, Rob. Great time.
0: And I want to thank you today for listening to the Rob Skinner podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd like to ask you a favor, hit the subscribe button, and let your friends and family know about it. My goal is to inspire you to make this life count, to live a no regrets life, and to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.